Blog Talk Radio. I just wanna live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the War Room. We're with Big Sarge, where politics will never be the same. What a great show we have on deck for you tonight here in the War Room. Tonight is PA Politics Monday. We always talk about national politics on our shows, so we wanted to get down to the grassroots local areas in Pennsylvania. I think it's very important to see what my um, home state has to offer and how we can affect change at the local level. I will be inviting, I'll be inviting all local politicians, community organizers, and, uh, you know, community leaders alike for interviews to the war room. It doesn't matter what party they belong to. It only matters what they can do for PA and its constituents. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the war room. Please stop by our radio network on American Patriot Radio. That is AmericanPatriotRadio.com. Visit them. It's a uh, great network that we belong to, and uh, uh, they have a great uh, uh, page that uh, a great web page that they have going on right now. They're they're under uh, maintenance, so when you do go to the page, you're only going to be able to see the chat room uh, right now there. So uh, you know, stay tuned for that. Should be by the end of the week, they'll have that uh, new website up and running. So look out for that. And come by our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash warroom101. Also visit our new, newly formed, Jay's been uh, uh, putting a lot of work into this, uh, our new website. So I am, I'm inviting everybody out there that's listening here on our radio show tonight to go check it out. Um, I think it's great. It's a work in progress, but so far so good with it. I'm pretty impressed. And we have our own um, we have, a, we have this radio show could be streamed live from there. There's a ton of different things that that rate that that has to offer there. Plus we have a, two segments there, excuse me, in the thread. One's called Sarge says, and the other is the blue line. And that'll be with J five O. And that's where we just do our like two minute rants throughout the week. And then uh, we post them on, um, our little podcast scenarios and they get posted right to the website there. So check that out as well. And of course we have Twitter at the war room one zero one. So make sure you follow us on Twitter, tweet us, you know, feel free to tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods and uh, we'll get right back to you. That's for sure. We have some great information and some heated discussions on both our pages. So please stop by and become a part of history. What we like to do here on the war room 
is uh, we're predominantly, I'm, I'm a conservative. I, I like to view myself as, as center right. I do have some uh, policies that kind of veer left, but for the most part, I'm center right. And Jay's as well as uh, he is center right. Uh, but what we want to try to do here at the war room and what we've been doing pretty successfully, you know, we're into our, I think, eighth show now. This is our first PA politics uh, show tonight. I'm hoping this goes great so we can uh, get some great lineups for you guys here in the near future. But what we're trying to do here at the War Room is bring the left and the right together, have a uh, uh, a great discussion. Um, I'm, so I'm sure sometimes, as, as you guys, if you listen to any of our past programs, the uh, the rooms got a little heated with uh, with discussion. However, at the end of the day, everybody thanked each other for their input. And uh, that's what we want to do. We want to hear from both sides uh, of the uh, of the aisle on that. And uh, that's what the War Room is all about. So you might see a lot of conservative posts um, on the War Room Facebook page, but feel free to, you know, join in the conversation. And it doesn't matter where you're from or where you view yourself in that spectrum of left and right. Or if you're directly center, it doesn't matter. You know, definitely uh, come by and check us out. All right. Let's uh, get to the show here. I want to introduce our guests and get the show started. But before I want to do that, uh, uh, the gentleman that, that I'm about to, uh, to introduce was one of the, uh, the uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania is the capital city of PA. Um, it's a smaller, it's the smaller of the cities uh, in PA. It's not quite as big as Philly and Pittsburgh, um, Allentown or uh, Wilkes-Barre. Actually, it's probably a little bit bigger than Wilkes-Barre. I haven't been up the Wilkes-Barre in years, so I couldn't tell you. But a lot of the, but it's it's in it's in uh, it's in central Pennsylvania, and that's where our state capital is. That's where all the politics for Pennsylvania is run. And there was a Democratic um, candidate run for mayor in office or for for the office of mayor in Harrisburg here recently. It was a um, it was there was three or four great debates. I, I got the privy of seeing three of them. I, I don't know if there was more than that. And uh, Anthony could tell you here in a minute if there was or there wasn't. But um, I thought they were great debates. There was a bunch of information put out. All the candidates, believe it or not. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know that's listening, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a card-carrying member of the Republican Party. But I listen to a lot of, a lot of great things that um, – I, I, I've seen a lot of great things and heard a lot of great things coming out of these candidates. And I'm telling you what, from what I've seen after the, the, uh, the Democratic um, uh, vote here, I, um, I think that we're headed in the right direction. You know, I've seen that a lot of the candidates that were uh, competing against each other for the, uh, for the Democratic position as mayor – uh, for Harrisburg, uh, they've started to come together after the fact and are putting some of these things to putting a lot of uh, these ideas that each of these candidates have had uh, together. And hopefully uh, that will, uh, you know, move Harrisburg in the right direction. You know, I kind of thought that the press was biased, but that's my own personal opinion. And look, again, this is from a, a GOP point of view, looking in at, the, at, a, at a Democrat uh, debate, because I, I, I was involved with the politics uh, here in Harrisburg uh, uh, a lot a few years ago uh, when I had ran the PA Veterans Chamber of Commerce. 
And unfortunately, I got cancer, and most of you already know the rest of the story, so I had to shut the chamber down. And, uh, you know, um, maybe we'll open it up here in the near future. We'll we'll see. However, um, so Harrisburg's kind of a, uh, a city, and, and I lived in Harrisburg. I'm originally from here. I was born and raised – I wasn't raised in Harrisburg. I was born in Harrisburg, raised in Cumberland Valley, um, graduated Newport High School, believe it or not, my senior year. But anyhow <laughs> – um, you get the point of what I'm trying to trying to say. Harrisburg is something that, you know, when I left for the military 20 years, um, well, now it's, I was, I've been back here in state for about six years, but when I left about 20, 25, 30 years ago to go in the military, actually it's been more than that. It's been about, yeah, it's been about 30 years. Um, <clears throat> I've seen a lot of changes and my wife is from Kosovo, and when she came over here, she was expecting something totally different. Now, of course, I should have known better. Things change, and a lot of things change in 20 years. And uh, so I was used to the mom-and-pop stores, the nice little businesses we had downtown, the uh, the markets. You know, I was telling my wife all about this, you know, the culture and, you know, and the diversity that Harrisburg had and how much of a welcoming city it was. And I have to admit, when I got back here into Harrisburg, we'll talk about this in a minute, Anthony, I see you're on air. Um, when I got back into Harrisburg, it was gone. You know, I wanted to introduce my wife to this, this beautiful city, this, uh, this great city, this welcoming city. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, it was completely the opposite. But like I said, I've heard a lot of great things. And one of those candidates we're going to talk to tonight, uh, his name is Mr. Anthony Harrell. Anthony, welcome to the show, sir. How are you this evening? Oh, great. Oh, great. How are you today? Good, good. It's, uh, I'm glad to have you on the show. Welcome uh, to the War Room with Big Sarge. Thank you. So thank you. The... I'd like to thank everybody. Sure, go ahead. I'll thank everybody in the Harrisburg Citizens and those listening far and wide to your show, sir. Good, good. Well, for those of you who don't know Anthony, Anthony is a 46-year-old Iraqi war veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. I, too, am an Iraq war veteran. He's a father and a Second Amendment advocate, which is great to hear, and you very rarely hear that from a, from a Democrat. He has an associate's degree in liberal arts from the Community College of Philadelphia and an associate's degree in computer network administration from the Thompson Institute. He currently is enrolled at Central Penn College for a bachelor's of science in Homeland Security. So uh, how are you liking that uh, schooling so far for Homeland Security, Anthony? I got a bachelor's degree in Homeland Security and counterterrorism as well. Roger that. It's a good thing. It's something I think that all citizens should take. So we get to handle on what's going on in the city and we can be up to date with what's going on in the country. Right, right. And it's, uh, you know, it's such a, a broad it's such a broad spectrum um, as far as uh, a, a degree is concerned. And, and it's great because it does touch a lot of things. I had, a, I had, a, I had, I had a lot of fun and I actually learned a lot of thing, a lot of um, things when I was uh, um, going through that uh, bachelor's program. So again, Anthony, welcome, welcome to the show uh, again. God bless you. And thank you for your service, sir. We're definitely glad to have you on our very first PA politics Monday show. 
So, Anthony, you glad that the uh, campaign is over? It seemed like it was a pretty long run there for a while, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. That's true. But now it seems like uh, once you start getting toward the end of it, you want to keep going. You, you you start to get the edge. You start feeling, you know, what's expected. And you start getting a groove of things. And as soon as you get to enjoy it, then it starts to get taken away. Right, right. Yeah, it seemed like it, the, especially that last debate that I watched you guys at, it seemed like everybody was really – uh, really enjoying, uh, uh, and you know what the, the, um, I can't remember. I think it was ABC 27 on that last one, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, they actually, they actually had, uh, um, they actually had a lot of great questions and it seemed like that was the only, that was the only debate that, at least in my mind, and I don't know how you feel personally about the debates, but I've watched all of them. And I, I had thought that most of the, other venues had catered to one one specific candidate, and of course that was uh, Mayor Papenfuse. And I mean, I understand he's mayor of Harrisburg, so maybe that's why. But I just didn't think that they gave, you know, adequate um, exposure to all the other candidates at that time. But it seemed like ABC Twenty Seven did a great job in that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with that. It seemed like uh, the other. The other interviews, the other debates were like geared toward having him. It was like he almost knew the answers already to the questions already. So mm-hmm. when he asked something, he had he had these great great answers. Where we would we would have answers that would you know a little far away or far fetched as what the public would might think would be. But the reason why he knew most of the answers was like I said with him being inside already being a mayor. There's a lot of questions that geared that he would only know. The questions were geared toward he would know specific answers to them. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did see that. And, um, you know, that kind of concerned me uh, because when I was watching the debates, um, it was as if, you know, right away he knew what they were going to say and he was just, bam, it was right into it. Whereas the other candidates were, were uh, you know, trying to, to think over what they exactly wanted to say. Yes. And, and he would, uh, even he would, even though the question wouldn't be his, when he would ask another question, he would still answer the other person's question and then still go back to the question he originally gave him. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're you're absolutely, you're absolutely right on that. I did notice that as well, and that's one of the things that actually I had said uh, uh, to, Pe- for example, Penn Live when they did their one. The, when they did the, I can't remember exactly what debate it was. It was the first or second debate that they did, but um, yeah. I actually said I had actually said something on Penn Live about that, and I said, look, it just seemed to me like you guys had catered to to the current um, administration, and none of the other guys that were that were um, that were, you know, candidates for this political run, you didn't actually, and, and I mean, it just seemed, it just seemed too one-sided to me, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We all, well, I mean, all the candidates that we did turn around did feel though, as if the mayor somehow had like a, like a jump on the questions, like he knew something was, uh, before we even answered him. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely seen that, and that was something that, um, you know, well, not only myself, but a lot of other uh, folks in Harrisburg um, had um, had had addressed uh, to uh, to Penn Live, and um, I can't remember what the other venue was, but both uh, those venues. But I, again, I thought ABC News did a did a great job um, trying to give each candidate, uh, you know, the, the a certain amount of exposure. Uh, so, you know, I, I commended them for that. All right. It seems like we got a lot of people showing up in the chat room. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming in the chat room. I see my buddy Holger and Boyd in there and uh, Doc. It's good to have you. 
Um, I know there's a little schedule conflict with uh, another show that seems to be up, but that's all right. You know, we'll play it by ear. This is a test run for uh, uh, PA Politics Monday. Excuse me. I'm still going to have PA Politics Monday, but we might have to change the time on that. We'll um, again, ladies and gentlemen, we'll play that by ear. So, um, <clears throat> you know, during this whole thing, Anthony, it seemed like you you had some great um, um, after after this whole uh, after the whole candidate thing had gotten uh, started. It seemed like you had gotten some great community connections as well. Can you tell us about some of those? Yes, what happened was I started to talk I and mean, going and get myself more involved with the community, ask for more questions about what, what seemed to be the, the, the highest priority, the priority they, they had. And it seemed to me it was like security. Everybody kept speaking to me about we need to secure the city, the city is unsafe. In order for anything to grow or for us to stay in the city or those not to leave the city, we have to get a handle on the, the crime and the drugs that's, that's, that's you know, taking the city down, separating the city. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, I, I completely, uh, I completely agree with you on that. And um, you know, I keep hearing these things about Harrisburg. Uh, you know, speaking of crime, I keep hearing these things about Harrisburg crime is, is on the downward spiral. But you know, I see every weekend that we have another shooting or a stabbing or a robbery or somebody got mugged, and and it seems to be in the same areas of Harrisburg that uh, were supposed to be addressed during uh, Pap and Fuse's first administration. Uh, do you agree or disagree with that? Oh, Roger, I do. So that was one of the issues that we kept trying to bring it up, that even though you keep, the mayor kept saying that it was crime is down, crime is down, I'm a citizen. I'm not a politician. Mm-hmm. I am actually out in the street and I live among the street. So I know if I tell you that it's crime, they're still shooting, they're still killing, and the, the actual constituents, the citizens are saying, you know, it was a shooting yesterday, it was a shooting yesterday. They are saying crime is not down. If the community themselves does not see, does not believe that crime is down, because they're viewing it, then you as an official can't keep telling them it is down when they're saying, no, it's not. There's a disconnect between us and you. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, there's, there's totally a disconnect on that. I mean, um, you know, the revitalization project that was supposed to be um, uh, complete already for Harrisburg at least started. And, and this was part of my complaint with the current administration. And of course, you know, I, I wrote in, um, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll talk offline about who I wrote in, but um, I wrote in a Democrat candidate, uh, another Democrat candidate other than um, um, Pappenfuse, because I just didn't think, you know, and again, I bought in the whole thing, um, in the beginning and, uh, with, with Pap and Fuse, I had met him a few times, you know, he was, uh, he was, um, well, you know what, I, I don't want to say that he was a part of the chamber. I'm not sure if you were familiar with the PA veterans chamber of commerce when it was around, Roger that. but, um, you know, he really didn't do anything to help, you know, and, and I'm a veteran. So it, it just didn't seem that he was too concerned with the, uh, the veterans of Harrisburg and, and uh, did you, do you kind of get that same feeling as a veteran yourself? Yes. Cause that was one of the things I did talk about a few, in every debate was nobody in this administration is speaking about the veterans, the homelessness, the, the, the those who come back with PTSD, those that are, are sick or, you know, dis- um, handicapped, disabled, any issue when it came to veterans, it was null and void when it came to um, Mayor Patterson. He didn't say anything about 
programs that help us, you know, helping with getting housing or anything. And I was, like, I was talked about that, about getting, you know, some of these houses, blighted houses, and getting them fixed up and helping, you know, talking to the veterans and getting them inside some of these houses, taking care of those that took care of this country. Right. You know, when I first uh, got back here to PA and I started the, the chamber, I wanted to um, go around town to actually see how many uh, homeless veterans there were. And of course, this was about five years ago. Uh, well, four years ago. And, um, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, from being out in the community that the uh, the homeless, they, they, they travel around they're underneath the, the Third Street Bridge a little bit and then they go yeah. from place to place to place. Well, we happened to be at the Third Street Bridge that night. And I think there was uh, there was 30 people underneath the bridge that night, if I'm not mistaken. And out of those uh, 30 people, out of those 30 people that were underneath the bridge, um, 15 of them. I know it was 14 of them. I'm sorry. Were um, were veterans. So almost 50% of the folks, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. So almost 50% yeah. of those folks were vets. And out of those, out of those uh, 15 folks, um, there were three female veterans. So, you know, I had brought that up during his first administration. And, um, well, first off, he was late to the meeting. And then he acted like he didn't right. want to be there. And then the third thing was, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, and excuse my French, he really pissed me off. And I, I got up and I left. Um, I left the meeting that I had with him. My, my vice president and myself were there. My vice president carried the meeting, <laughs> and I left <laughs> because because he just acted like he didn't want to be there. You know, he didn't look at the he didn't look at our website. He didn't look what we were doing. He had no clue who we were. Uh, well, I mean, he knew who we were, but he, we he had no clue what we did or what we were doing for the community and what we were doing for the veterans specifically. Yeah. And um. Go ahead. Yeah, the thing is, through the whole campaign, through the whole campaign, through every debate, he never said the word veterans and do anything about them. He never once spoke the word veterans. Yeah, you know what? And that's I a felt, great. Was, go ahead. Go ahead. And I felt a certain way about that because like, every time I spoke, I spoke about the veterans. They don't know that they were not forgotten. That to me is one reason why I, I decided to run was the veterans in this city have been forgotten. I mean, if there's if there's programs for the veterans, if there's programs out there for them. Somebody needs to speak to them about it. If they're, under the, if they're under the bridge, go to them. Go to them at the bridge. Say, there's a program to get you out from under there. You know, there's ways to communicate with them. And then nobody was communicating with us, leave them alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I had asked him, I said, look, I said, I think as the capital of the state of Pennsylvania, you need a veteran cabinet or at least a, a representative. And I'm not talking about the state and local um, uh, VA reps that they have. Um I know Colleen Washinger is the is the uh, Dauphin County VA representative. I know her personally, and uh, she's actually done some work for me. But it's um, but we need somebody in the may the mayor's office that represents the veterans. You know, that can get out there and do the grassroots veteran stuff, and then bring those issues back to the mayor and say, Hey, look, you know, uh, I'm the representative for the vets in, in Harrisburg, so this is what needs to be done, and this is how we need to do it. And he promised yeah. us. He promised us when he got elected the first time that he was going to do this. He was going to have that person in there, whoever it was, and he has yet to do not only that, just like you said, he didn't even recognize the veterans, period. And as a veteran of Pennsylvania, and especially as a veteran of Harrisburg, that really pains me that we have a mayor in office that uh, – you know, really could care less for their veterans. And what do you think about that, Anthony? I absolutely agree with that one. 
That was one of the, uh, one of the things I was keep saying about securing the city. So that's from a soldier's point of view, to secure us, to make it safe. I said, we go, we get to other countries to take care of other countries, to make it secure, make it safe for them to be able to grow and, to, you know, the infrastructure for everything for them to be possible. And that's why I expect that, you know, it'll take a soldier to get us back to where we need to be to get security. But we need a soldier, one who is a veteran, to take care of veterans because only we know our issues better than we do. So when I speak on it, I talk to the mayor, when I said uh, at the debate, we need to do something about the veterans. We cannot let one more, we cannot let one more day go by when one of us veterans can be living on the streets. That should, that should be, that should be like a, a tragedy to let that even happen to anybody in this city of Harrisburg to let one veteran live, have to live on the streets. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you 110% on that. And, you know, Pennsylvania is not a very big town. It's not like a city. It's not like Philadelphia and it's not like Pittsburgh or, or Allentown or Erie or any of those cities. You know, it's a relatively small city. And, you know, for as having as many homeless veterans as it does, which is not very many, um, well, one's too many for me. But, um, but anyhow, they, they do have it and they don't recognize it. And it will be so easy to get these people off the street. And Harrisburg can stand up and say, we are 100% uh, um, no veteran homeless in Harrisburg. But nobody wants to take that program and nobody wants to do that. And it just seems like they keep getting caught up in the system over and over and over again. And uh, they get thrown back out on the street. It's just an endless process. And, you know, I, I'm sure you can agree with me on this, uh, Anthony. It's, it's really sad that uh, nobody is doing anything in Harrisburg about our vets. No, I went out the other day, before the cold days for the election, just to go. I went out at night to see who was to see who was out at night to see what what individuals out sleeping out at night. And if you, I walked across a few a few veterans that was out there on the street, and I said, "This can't be." This is day before the election. I said, "Wait, this can't be." Are you even just? I'm a I'm a veteran. I've done this from Vietnam and this and that. Whoa, this can't be. Are you? What is? There's no program. There's nothing. I stayed in it. Bethesda mission, staying in the mission for a couple, you know, for the 20 days or so, then you have to leave for a certain amount of days. But this is where his life is. I said, no, this is not how it's supposed to be. Not for a veteran. The mayor should probably take care of you. I mean, he knows about the ones that are sitting out there in front of the, in front of the office down there, down in downtown area. They got like a tent city. He talked about a tent city. You know mm-hmm. that exists there, but you're doing nothing to correct that. Right. The only thing that they are doing, and which I think is a, is a waste of uh, police power, is the, the police are keep they keep uh, kicking them out of those areas and moving them to other areas. And um, again, yeah. like I said, like I said before, they just get caught up into uh, they keep they keep getting caught up into the system. And uh, you know, like you said, the mayor should be heavily involved in this, and he definitely is not. It's not in Harrisburg, he's not. No, that's sick. Because one thing I said was, if I was there. If I, was my, if I was in administration, I'd be out on the street, not in the office. Go out on the street. Go see your city. Go see your citizens. Find out where they are and go talk to them. They can't come to you, then you go talk to them. Let them know that they're important and where they are is important. Right, right. Yeah, that's definitely true on that. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse on the veteran issue. We both know it uh, definitely is an issue. And heck, maybe that might be a good show for us to talk about in the future here, Anthony. Uh, you know, uh, we might have we might have to have you back on here just to talk about the veteran issues here in Harrisburg. Roger that. Roger that, sir. Yeah, I think that would be a great show. So, all right, we're going to get on to our questions here. So, you know, it's it seemed again, I want to say that um, I, I heard a lot of great ideas coming out of yeah, each and every one of the candidates. Uh, you know, during this whole process, 
But, um, you know, what made you want to run for mayor for Harrisburg? What was your driving force? What was your passion? You know, what made you wake up one day and say, you know what, I want to be mayor? Okay, well, actually, I think it was a, to me that was a two-part question. Sure. First, I'm, I'm going to take it from uh, what it was was um, last, I mean, before you, well, last year when we had the presidential election, you know, I watched the two candidates go at it, and I really didn't care for even one, but I still voted in my civic duty to do so. And I got disenchanted, disenfranchised like a lot of voters do. And they say, well, the system is this, the system is broken. There's no good. There's no reason why to even get in. There's no reason to vote because my vote don't count. It doesn't matter who, who I vote for because they're going to put in front of me who they want to put in front of me. Right. And so I say, you know what? I sat and I watched, uh, I watched the news channel one time, and, and I guess the president, uh, Obama, came on. He said, there's something you can say. There's two things you can do. You can even sit, sit down, and just, you know, cry about it and do nothing about it. Or you can put on your sneakers, your shoes, pick up a clipboard, get a petition, get some signatures and run for office, and you can be the change. You yourself. Don't listen to anybody else anymore. You mm-hmm. yourself go out and run and make the change yourself. So from that point on, when I, as I've seen how the city grown from the time I've been here, how it's going, you know, they said the crime and the drugs and, and the education and things like that. I said, you know what? I still have to leave it up to somebody else. Why not? Why not yourself try to make a change? Why not go and say, I can make a change. I can make a difference. And that's what I decided to do. Right. So I know you were out there. Uh, um, you, did you get a lot of time to talk about talk with uh, folks on the street? Yes. What's the feeling out there in Harrisburg from, uh, from the residents, from the citizens? Well, actually, um, actually the city is split. You have, mm-hmm. like I said, you have the downtown and the, and the midtown area, and then you have the, the uptown and the out the south and Allison Hill. You have, like, two sections. They separate them. They seem to be separated. Mm-hmm. The part that's flourishing and, and, and growing and vibrant is the midtown area, sort of like where the mayor has been taking care of. What the citizens think, believe that the mayor is taking care of only one part. They see the one part being growing and new businesses coming in and they're getting, you know, the streets are being paved and, you know, new lights. And everything looks real nice, like it's, it's flourishing in one part of town. And then you step across and you go another part of town, there's sinkholes in the streets and, and there's, there's crime, and they said there's crime running and, and drugs running rampant in one part of the city. And nobody's actually talking, nobody's talking to the issues of it. The mayor, they seem to think that the mayor only cares about one part of the town. So they feel disenchanted, feel disenchanted, disenfranchised, and, and disillusioned. So you know what? It doesn't matter because this is the way it's going to be. They believe this is the way it has to be. It's the way it is, and it's not going to change. Right, right. And it just so happens that the uh, current mayor, doesn't he have a bookstore in Midtown? Yes, he does. Right across the street from uh, <laughs> DeMarta down there. Yes, he does. And so I right down there. Yep. Yep. Go, go ahead. His whole area where he's at, that's been prosperous and it's been built up and the streets look great. And all, everything, that whole area, the midtown whole area from where he's at, it's all taken care of and it looks great. And the only problem I had with that was I was trying to tell, even speak to the midtown, you know, citizens, says, Harrisburg is a city, not a section. When somebody mm-hmm. said they want to come to Harrisburg, they come to, they don't come to Allison Hill, they don't come to midtown, they say, I'm going to come to Harrisburg. And if you allow one part of this city to fall down and falter, Eventually, it's going to come to the part where you live. It's going to come to that right. neighborhood, and it's going to fall. You can't hold up the whole city of Harrisburg just by taking care of Midtown and Downtown. You can't hold up the whole city. 
No, definitely so, not. And, 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 you know, you're not the only one that said that, uh, um, that, uh, sorry, I had to be interrupt you. You're not the only one yeah, that sure. had said you're not the only one that had said this. You know, I talked to a lot of folks that live down there, and I live right outside of uh, Harrisburg, um, and they keep telling me that, um, you know, even though that they're that they're doing great and wonderful things in Midtown, it just seems like that's the only area that they're building up, and a lot of the, a lot of folks seem to think it's, you know, he's he's pretty biased in where he wants to build the city up only because he has his bookstore there, you know, and. I thought, you know, at first I thought, oh, come on, it's, you know, people are just talking conspiracy theory crap. Uh, and so yeah. uh, I actually got out and walked around and started driving around the city. And, and you're right. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say, you know. That was the part where we were we, 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 uh, saying, Mr. Mayor, when I speak to you, I'm speaking to you as a citizen who's out there in the street, who's, who's, I'm not in the office like you are. I'm telling you that this part of town feels this way about things. And you can say, no, it's not. I, I'm correcting it, but even when it came to the voting, when I, I was looking at the, uh, when it came to his, uh, his voting or his ballot, he got like 2,600 people. And when you look what precincts where he got it at, his votes came in from, it was the exact area where mostly where he, where he lives at, where he took care of. It was Midtown, Midtown and Shy Polk in the business district area. The rest mm-hmm. of the areas he didn't even get any votes from, hardly any votes from. So it proves to me what he, we were trying to explain to him. So a certain, certain part is, is for you whether it was your fault or not, by, by having it built that way, but you need to reach out to the other other party that didn't even vote for you at all, the forgotten ones. Right, right. And uh, right. so you said you were out and about in Allison Hill areas as well. Am I correct in saying that? That's correct. So what are those citizens uh, thinking about over there? I mean, what's on, what's on their mind? I mean, what are they, uh, you know, when you ask them, Hey, how can we help you? What, what, what can we do to make life better? What's the main thing that stuck out um, in your mind from what they were t- trying to tell you? Well, from, to me, from Allison Hill up to uptown to out to South, the common, because they have the one common thread is they want somebody to come in and take care of the crime. They want somebody to make it safer on the streets for them and their children. Second, they were white for something that the blight, the housing, something to be done about all these abandoned buildings because inside the abandoned buildings, a lot of the people that's doing drugs or in drugs are going inside these buildings and squatting inside these buildings and doing, you know, things, illegal things there. And they want to get either get rid of them or have them get them fixed up. Those uh-huh. are two things, the main things on their mind. Either take care of, take care of the crime, secure the city, and can you do something about the, these abandoned buildings and these lots? They have a lot of lots of like just, just garbage and stuff all over. They want those things. Can you... Do something about cleaning it up. Uh, speaking of blight, that was a huge subject. Um, um, I, I, I'd seen that they had mentioned that uh, actually uh, almost every candidate, including yourself, um, had mentioned about how the blight in Harrisburg is, is kind of getting out of control. Now, you were down there and you've actually been in the trenches and seen this. I mean, really, how, in, in your opinion, how, how bad is it? Well, this is what I was, this is what I was trying, to, I was trying to explain to him even during the debate that to me, it's, 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 it's not about blight as much. It should be about flight. When you start using the word blight, it's flight. Because of the way the conditions of the buildings and the houses and the way things are, the citizens are leaving in droves from Harrisburg. They said, you know, this, I'm not going to live next to an abandoned building or I'm not going to watch these things happen right here in this neighborhood. And they decided to leave because of nobody's taking care of them. The landlords or whatever it may be are not keeping up with the buildings and then the city not forcing them to, you know, to take care of their, their property or anything like that. So they want to leave. 
I feel as though that, that some of these buildings can be saved if the city would. The whole thing is, with me, the mayor don't communicate with anybody. He don't communicate with these citizens. Mm-hmm. If he would communicate with those who own these buildings, these houses, go out in person. If he had to do it person himself, call every person in this city that owns these buildings that's, that's, that's empty. Find out what's going on. And if not, if they want to do things with it, work something out with them. But communicate with them. That's the whole idea. If you communicate with them, I'm sure they would know, and we would do something about fixing them. Right. You know, and I did notice, and, and speaking of uh, communicating with the citizens and everything, I, I, I did notice this one thing about the current administration, uh, you know, that's in office right now. Um, and, and may I say, ladies and gentlemen uh, that is that are listening in here uh, to the radio show here, excuse me, that um, right now, since uh, Pap Infuses won that uh, Democratic nomination, he is virtually uh, running uncontested right now. We'll get to that in just a minute. But um, uh, no, what, what uh, you know, I, go back to what you were saying. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to raise uh, uh, um, anybody in, in, in a city that, uh, um, you know, that uh, doesn't take care of me and doesn't want to hear my voice. And what I was what I, my what my point is during his whole administration, I can't really remember off the top of my head how many town halls he had town hall meetings if he had any himself as a mayor. So uh, if if he did, they weren't re- very well publicized. And um, um, it just didn't seem like um, as a as a city that has so many problems. And, you know, he inherited a lot of problems from Thompson. I'll give him credit. Uh, you, uh, you know, we all know that. You know that. And I know that. And yeah. everybody else knows yeah. that. He, he inherited a lot of problems. But none of them were, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen, hardly any of them were fixed. And so, did you remember him doing too many, uh, if if any, town halls? That's absolutely correct. Not that I, not to my knowledge, he had ever done a town hall, or if he had one, it was never published in the newspaper or on Facebook, or just by going around word of mouth, any 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 of those fashion, or even having a commercial, mm-hmm. or even a commercial of hey, there's a town hall coming up. None of those things was ever exposed. That's absolutely true. Wow. Wow, that's uh, you know, that's that that just amazes me, and, and it just goes to show you that, and, and look, let's let's not forget, and I said this from the very beginning, and and not a lot of people, um, you know, the, I kind of got a lot of crap for this, but let's not forget the same person that put him into office, um, i.e. Joyce Davis, is the same person that put LT uh, Linda Thompson into office as well. Roger, you know when you and, and the thing is when you bring that up. You know, people, like you said, people do give you a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff about well, why you bring it up because I'm trying to explain. You're trying to explain, show to the people that this is the connection to this. You know, look how things are going. This person following along on the same path as this person. Don't expect things to change. You're not going to change. They're going to be exactly how they used to be. Right. I mean, when you got the same person putting the same, basically the same administration back into office, nothing's going to get done. I, I you know, I agree with no. you 110% on that. And, and that's what I, you know, that's when I spoke, I started to sit up and run. I said, if you, if, look at what's things going on now. Look at, I mean, if you sit there in your neighborhood, look out your window. Do you feel safer? Do you feel safer than you did four years ago, eight years ago? Do you feel safer? Do you think your neighborhood has grown in the last four to eight years? If, you know, if you think that your 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 educational or your, your job opportunities, if any of those things you think have gotten better for you, then you go ahead and you vote for me. But if you know in your heart, and things are not changing. You know that change must come. You must have to right. say, you know, I must have a change. 
my, I mean, the option can't be to me. The option can't always be I'm going to leave a city, then you go to another city, then when they don't work there, work out at that city, you say, I'm going to leave that city. You can't always keep just running and just, you know, continuously running because everything's not working out. Eventually, you have to stop and say, I want to be counted. Let me count to make things right somewhere. And why not here? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that uh, 110%. I mean, we, you hit the nail on the head when you said, when you said that, when you just made that statement. And uh, so, um, um, so what was your platform for your campaign? What, what do you exactly run on for your platform? Okay, my platform I was, called, was called Common Sense, plain, just plain old common sense. Mm-hmm. I want to give a voice for those who felt disengaged, dis- disenfranchised, forgotten, the veterans and the children in the neighborhoods that wasn't addressed, I wasn't going to address. The city, was, and the city had the possibility to become a jewel of the state, the way I saw it. You know, and the leaders of this city need to stand up for everyone, not special interest groups, the big donors and outside influences. And I think that those like a citizen like me would speak exactly to the citizens and about the citizens for the citizens. And, you know, I, I kind of like that. that. You know, I had always thought uh, from my perspective that, you know, it, it was about time for a common sense approach to Harrisburg politics and, you know, PA politics in general. Yes. Let me ask you a question. And, uh, and, and maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't think there was a, a person of, of uh, this caliber, but, um, or maybe you did, but other than yourself, um, who did you think was a good candidate and why? Okay. Well, like I said, um, when we spoke to different ones, I took about, um, I thought they all had some kind of strength and all of them mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to like, uh, Miss Jenny Jenkins, when she spoke about the parking lot issue, mm-hmm. she wanted to, you know, try to figure out a way to get park, the parking back to the people that we needed to own all of the, uh, the parking and how the, the, the structures or whatnot. And I think that that was a good idea that we, we, we get back to parking. Somehow we get back to parking. So that was her strong issue. And Miss Gloria Martin, when she talked about the blight and, and, and trying to get people to get home ownership, that was good for, you know, I think that was a good strength that she had, trying to get people to say, we're going to get programs to try to get more people to own their homes. The more people own their homes, the more stay, the more, you know, you can give it all these houses, these blight, these houses, get them fixed up. We can do things with that, with the community. That was a great thing. And when it came to Mr. Butts, Mr. Lord Butts, he, when his, he wanted to have a, a smart city. I think that was a great idea. If he can get just one or two of those things that his ideals, one was the free and the Wi-Fi for the whole city. I understand what he was trying to do exactly, how he turned to a smart city. That way all the tech boom will come here instead of going to California. They would say, look at that city up there. There's a city that's, that's great. They're running on some kind of technology that we haven't seen before. They made it work. Mm-hmm. So let's go see what they're doing. And then we can go put a business. The businesses will come up here, and we can really get the city moving the way it's supposed to. You know, I actually thought that whole Wi-Fi idea was 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 a great idea. And you know, Lewis had a lot of out of the box thinking type uh, uh, stuff that he wanted to do for for Harrisburg. And I think um, a, a lot of people had a hard time, you know, relating to that, uh, you know, that particular uh, for those particular ideas. But I did, I really did like the Wi-Fi idea. I thought that was uh, that was great. And you're absolutely right. That would have brought uh, Silicon Valley here to here to uh, Central PA. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I said, if he could, if he could figure out a way, we can get that working, get that Wi-Fi, and everybody said, you know what? 
I know a city where they have Wi-Fi in, and they would say, I would go work there, I would go work there, I would go live there. That would be great to go there. A city where that can happen, then what's the next step they could probably take? The next step would be something even greater. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, heck, kudos, they probably would have tore some of those blight buildings down and built businesses next to them or, you know, upgraded yeah. housing. You never would know what you never know what could have happened uh, uh, with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. A common sense approach should have been should have been the type of approach that uh, uh, that the city, uh, uh, you know, should have went for. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I guess, uh, you know, speaking of which, uh, Miss Gloria Roberts, she seemed very upset over the loss. Um, yeah. You know, she made some very uh, disparaging comments. And, you know, personally to me, um, I, I think that uh, she could have handled it a lot more professionally than she did. And um, I think because of those comments that if she decided to run again, those those particular comments are, are, are going to hurt her um, in the next election. Should she ever should she ever run for mayor again? So with that said, um and she's known to have ties with the Linda Thompson uh, regime. So do you think uh, she would have won or maybe if she didn't have uh, ties to Linda Thompson, she would have, it would have been a closer race. I do believe that it, it would probably would have been a closer race. If she just would have stepped out and just had nobody around her. I do believe that maybe if she would just totally just, there's nobody, there's just me, just me out here. And there's, there's nobody around me. The head, whoever, like a campaign manager and stuff, it was just totally somebody new. Maybe she could have built somebody from a millennium, somebody young, some 23-year-old 20, to run a campaign, just, just new, fresh people. I think that if she just had new, fresh people, then they would have said, you know what, this has changed. Mm-hmm. She was, they were seen as being an agent of change. Look, listen, look who's around her. She had all these young, energized, new people around her with great new ideals for the city. And I think that would have gotten more people energized to say, you know what, different. She's been there before, so we know she knows the in and out. But now she incorporated the younger people or people of, of different, you know, knowledges that never been in before who would stand around and say, let's give her a chance because we are helping to influence her thinking. Right. Well, like I said, I wasn't too impressed with her platform. And, and uh, what, didn't sold me, what didn't sell me on her was, uh, you know, she had ties to Linda Thompson. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, you know, and again, I listened to each and every one of uh, the, uh, um, you know, to the candidates. And, and, and there's a reason why I picked you first to be on my show, by the way. <laughs> but right. we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, I just I, I didn't seem that like, you know, as a as a Harrisburg uh, citizen that I could relate anything to her and that she would listen. You know, Roger am I making sense when I say that? Yes, because like I said, one of the things I've said before, when I first started off is I leave, I left my ego at the door. Mm-hmm. So criticisms, whatever it may be, negative, whatever it may be, positive or negative, I left my ego at the door because I'm here for the citizens. So if, if, if I'm doing something wrong, please tell me, so help me so I can do it correctly. If you have a better idea or you see the idea that I do have that you can maybe make it plausible, make it workable, then that's what I want. Because I'm only interested in one thing. That's making Harrisburg the best it can be. Right, right. It, it, yeah, it was quite evident uh, at a, you know, and I, and I will say that I, I probably um, the only other candidate besides you um, that uh, didn't uh, that that did check their ego at the door was um, was probably uh, uh, Jenny Jenkins, I, I believe. So I mean, but you definitely were one. You were really humble. Uh, you were really down to earth. I, I felt like I could. Uh, 
I could, if I was to approach you in the street, I could talk to you and you would listen to me, you know, and, uh, yes, sir, I, 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 and I, you know, speaking about Gloria and about, of course, about, uh, Eric, uh, we just, I, I don't get that. And, and, you know, that seems to be the perception and the, and the, uh, um, the criteria, um, from a lot of the folks, uh, throughout Harrisburg, but yet again, we keep voting those same people back in the office. And that's what, one of the issues that I talked that I, I wanted to talk about was only 5,000 people showed up to vote in the primary where oh, yeah. it says we have 20, yeah, and we have 20,000, 20,000 registered people only. So 15,000 set out the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I was a little, a little bit saying, you know, somehow we got, I have to do, I have to do a better job. Somewhere along the line, I have to do a better job of getting that 15,000 encouraged to believe that change can happen. Things can change if you do come out and show, you know, little support for things that, that you believe in, that you that you feel deep in your soul that can make things right. So speaking in regards to that, what do you think you could have done differently to maybe garner more votes during your run for office? This was this was this is what I believe. One I could have I should have I'm doing like I'm doing it now. Uh-huh. Now I've been visiting a few of the, like the soup kitchens, the missions, like Professor Mission and other other places. To, to get to talk to them, go actually into where they are. Go go right go into where they're sitting at. You know, like Camp Curtin uh, Memorial Mitchell. It's just a uh, church out there on Sixth and Woodbine. I went in today, right. went into the soup kitchen, and I spoke to the people. That's you got to go, like I said before, with the marriage you do, go to where they are. Everybody on, everybody's going to watch television. Everybody's on cable news. Everybody's on the Internet. Everybody's on Facebook. You got to go to where the people are. Go stand in the middle of the, the supermarket. Go find out what they Go find out where they are. Because 15,000 people still around the city that I didn't get in touch with. So I need to go find them and then speak to them directly. Now, did you have a campaign manager or did you pretty much run this on your own? I pretty much ran this whole thing on my own. And my, and my whole campaign fund was only $250. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't wow. have no – I was going to say, I'm, self, I'm just, just me. I worked four years before this so I could save up two hundred fifty. I saved up for $250 so I knew I was gonna, if I was going to run – that was going to be it. I was going to make that be it. Wow, that's uh, that's that's a powerful statement in itself. And you know what? You should have led off with that. I bet you would have drummed up a ton of support because um, I had thought uh, each and every one of the candidates up there had a campaign manager or somebody that or you know or a staff that was running their campaign. Of course, you know, again, I'm I'm pretty oblivious when it comes to local politics as far as staff and 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 running uh, and you know the options for how people run. But, you know, that right. in itself should show the work ethic, at least coming from, uh, you know, from, from your side of the house. Yes, that's what I was trying to, like, uh, that's what I was trying to explain to everybody. That, that was the one thing that I am my own person. I write my own, uh, when it came to debate, I, it was me that wrote everything, the, the debates. When it came to even, I had like four signs. That's all I, I, the four, I bought four signs. Everything was, was, was on me. All my you know, appearances, where I had to be at. Everything, even my suits. I went to uh, I went to Goodwill or I went to Boys and Coal Factory. I, I just everything. I wanted I want them to realize that I'm an American. I'm just a citizen. I'm just like you. I'm not a politician. I am your neighbor standing next to you saying, "Let's make a change." That's what I want them to understand. I'm just like you. Anybody can stand up on a stage. I'm just like you. I'm just want to make a change. Wow, that's. Uh... That's definitely uh, something that I I never knew. I I wish I I wish I would have uh, you know I bet you more folks would have would have uh, wanted to uh, uh, would have uh, probably voted differently uh, 
um, if they if they would have uh, known that. And uh, I, I know I sure would have, um, you know, at least put the word out there that, hey, look, uh, you know, this is a guy that's that's uh, running on his own dime, you know. Uh, you know, yes. just like the guy, just like our president, he ran on his own dime right now. So, I mean, you know, you're pretty, you pretty much did the same thing. And that's, that's a rarity to see that, you know, even from, um, um, you know, regardless of what side of the fence you're from, you know, Roger that. Yep. That's exactly what I said. Yep. Okay. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about Pap and mayor Pap and fuse already. Um, so from his tenure and, and your opinion, and, uh, and and again, you know, you're a citizen as well as I am and, and many others. And, right. and like I said, you've been down there. You've, you've been listening to these people. You've been going to the soup kitchens and talking to folks and getting their opinions and getting their, their uh, you know, their input on, uh, you know, what the city and how it's being run. Do you really think during his administration that he helped the city or was all of this stuff that he threw out there about crime going down and, and cities roads being paved and all this other stuff. Do you think that was just propaganda? Well, actually, yes. What I want to say about that is that's the whole reason. That's the whole reason when you, when you go talk to the citizens, why should, there's a divide. This, the communication he has between the citizens and, and his administration, there's a, there's a big disconnect from that. Everything he's been saying about the crime going down, he's only speaking about a certain certain part of the, you know, of the city. Whatever part of the city says, no, wait a minute, this is the whole city. You mean a certain part of the city crime is down. Maybe where you know, certain areas is, but the rest of the city is not. It's, it's, it's as large as it's ever been. This is what I would I'll try to explain on. When you know it's bad in the neighborhood, when you no longer duck, when you hear a, a gunshot, what you do is you try to judge how far away it is and you keep moving. You don't even duck down anymore. I mean, that's how bad certain neighborhoods are. When they don't even, they're gunshot, they don't duck and die. They just say, I can judge how far away it is that it's three blocks over. And they just keep going as if it doesn't even bother them. And that's why I say, Mr. Mayor, you need to understand, your citizens now are being desensitized to even gunshots now. If you go along certain neighborhoods, there's like a a, a makeshift memorial of, of, you know, of, of children getting killed by, you know, gunshots or whatnot. There's a whole bunch of them around. Every other Every other day, I mean, every weekend, there's mm-hmm. memorials set up with, with people having in certain neighborhoods. I said, you need to go there. You know, he, he forgets to do that. He forgets to leave where he's at and come to the neighborhoods. All of us he's responsible for. He's responsible for all of us, not just where he at, all of it. Wow. Wow, that's that's crazy. And you know what? That's funny that you should say that because I have a friend – uh, a buddy of mine that used to live in the Allison Hill area. And he, you know, he told me the same thing. I mean, his wife told me the same thing. They were like, you know what? You just kind of got used to it. Yeah. It was an everyday occurrence it, and uh, it just, it was part of being living there, you know? Yep. And then that's why I say, that's why I say when people say, you know, I'm leaving because you, you, when you get desensitized to gunshots so much, you say, you know what? You know, I'm just going to leave because it, it don't make a difference here. I, I didn't hurt it so much. Nothing's going to change, so I might as well go ahead and just go somewhere where I think I, I can. I deserve to hear less. Right, right. You know, and, I, you know, it, it's funny that you say that because, you know, you're absolutely right, you know, from uh, uh, at least from, from my point of view. Uh, as a, and I don't directly live inside the city. Like I said, I live on the outside of the city, but I, I go to the city. And, uh, you know, my wife, uh, she used to go to Hack uh, down on, uh, yeah. by thir- was it 3rd Street? Is it third yeah, street? Yeah. 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 Um, and um, one night she was coming out of there. I had to go pick her up after that night because one night when she was coming out of there, she got approached by two gentlemen 
and uh, they were they were drilling her like, "Where are you from? You know, what are you doing?" Yeah. And, and yada yada yada. And she walked right back in and got security. You know, and and then I ended I ended up going picking her up. So yeah, I mean, what you're saying is absolutely true. And again, from what I have seen, it just seems like the current administration just panders for votes and takes pictures when they want to to um, to try to try to get those votes in those particular neighborhoods. And uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen him at all. And again, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, um, but I have never seen him down in the Allison Hill area taking pictures with anybody or even 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 addressing that area with those people, with those folks. No, the only time he's the lately, the only time he's been on it lately is, is because he has some program going on down there. It's 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 been like almost four years. He got like six months left on his term, and all of a sudden now he wants to go down and do stuff at Allison Hill and take pictures while he's standing now. But I said no. For the last three years, where have you been? Mm-hmm. You know, the citizens would like to know where you've been for the last three and a half years. You got six months left in your term, and now you you got money. You got you got money for things. You want to fix things up, certain things, certain parts of it. But you, and you keep telling us that you know, like I said, you keep telling us the crime is down. We say it's not, but you keep telling us you you know, like like as if we don't understand, we don't know. And then you come in the neighborhoods, take photo ops, and that's supposed to make everything better. Right. Right. You know, when I was little, we used to live over. And again, that was when I was little. We used to live over in over in, in the uh, Allison Hill area. And um, I used to go to the uh, the Y was it the YMCA that they have right there, the boys yeah. club. Um, I used yeah. to go there all I used to go there all the time as a kid and I loved it. And back then it was starting to make that change because I remember I remember the gangs of kids and and, uh, you know, I, I started to remember some of the shootings that, that happened, but it wasn't quite as prevalent as it is today. But I remember even back then how, you know, what of what was prime real estate maybe during that time is now not prime real estate. Right. Because right. one, one of the things I talked about uh, was the most important thing I tried to talk about when I talked about crime was there's a thing going on in Harrisburg that I knew the mayor didn't know. Because he did, he would take care of it, which is – if you see a pair of sneakers up on a telephone wire in certain neighborhoods, that means that drugs are being sold in that neighborhood. Mm. And I told the mayor, I said, you need to go around and cut those sneakers down. Give somebody to cut those sneakers down off the telephone wires. But that's what that means. That's a new thing now in Harrisburg. If you go through the city, certain parts of the city, you'll see sneakers. It'd be like one pair of sneakers up on a telephone wire. That means that it's being drugs are being sold. Now it's, that's why I say it's crime is getting worse. Now he's doing things like that. Right, right. Now, Anthony, I know yeah. I told you that this was a. Uh, uh, actually, we have two. We have a two-hour show, and I, I told you this would only last for about an hour. But I know I got yeah. a few more que- questions to ask you. Is it okay to, sure. to ask you to stay online with me uh, to finish it out? Do you sure. have the time? Excellent. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, see, uh, I, I love that. I mean, you know, you get into conversations with, uh, uh, you know, with folks that are that are down and doing the grassroots type of work for Harrisburg. And, uh, you know, you, you talk to them and they tell you everything great that's going on and they tell you everything that's bad going on, but how to fix it. And, you know, like yourself, you're bringing you're bringing solutions, you know, to the forefront. And uh, boy, it's, it's, to me, you know, uh, even though you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican, we could still see the eye to eye on these issues. You know, and that's the Absolutely. great thing about this. I mean, that's, that's true. true that's bipartisan. A, that's the common sense. Go ahead, sir. That, that's the common sense I speak of. That's it right there. As I said, leave the ego at the door. As long as we we get together, we make it so that Harrisburg flourishes and the citizens are proud of what's being done by their leaders, then that's what they're supposed to do. 
Right, right. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I told everybody, you know, like I said before, um, I know I'm I'm predominantly uh, center right, or uh, I have some conservative views, but uh, again, I have some liberal views as well. But you know, when it comes to my city, or when it comes to the the place that I left um, 30 years ago, 30 years ago to go into the military, and I seen how it was. I used to I remembered because I lived in Bressler with my grandmother for a while, for uh, for many years. Um, and I used to go to, uh, I remember it was tri-community, um, elementary school. I don't know if you're familiar with that in Bressler, Roger, Roger but, um, I, I used to go to school there when I was little and, uh, you know, all my cousins went to, to CD East, um, you know, and a couple of my cousins yeah. went to, uh, John Harris. Um, but, Roger um, that. well, my point is, you know, back then compared to then to now, you know, even myself coming back as a, as a veteran, getting out of the military, coming back into my hometown, even for me, it was a huge culture shock. You know, I was used to that. I'm sure you, I'm sure you remember this. Um, the mom and pop stores, you know, the, 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 the little uh, candy shops on the corner yes. and, and stuff like that. None of that exists anymore. No, it does not. It's been, it's, it's been, um, everything's instead of flight, it's been flight, you know, all, all I've left. Right, right. And, and, you know, I just, you know, telling my wife that about how great this city was and how, how great that, uh, you know, when I grew up and, and coming back and it was, uh, like I said, it was just a huge culture shock for me and I'm an American. <laughs> so. Roger that. Cool. Roger that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, um, so what do you think? Harrisburg needs to do in order to get back on its feet. You know, what is, what is something that, that, you know, that you want to bring to the table and say, Hey, you know what, let's, this, this is the problem. You know, this is my solution and this is how we fix it. And I think this will be a better, uh, better thing for Harrisburg. What's your, what's your take on that? Okay. Roger that. Um, as I keep saying, the first thing, first thing I said, once you secure your city, there's a two part to this one. Once the security is secure, the city is secure and the citizens believe that they are secure in their homes and their persons out walking the street and everybody feels a certain type of way. We have about 36,000 out-of-state workers that come into the city every day. And if we can get at least 5,000 through a four-year term, at least 5,000 of those 36,000, at least 5,000 each year to come moving to the city, you know, become homeowners, they can, they can become homeowners, business owners. We can bring businesses back into the city. We can bring neighborhoods back into the city. We can get it to grow. From that point on, we can make the city grow. That others would, others will say, you know, Harrisburg's not a bad city. I'm moving to. I used to be a state worker. I used to live somewhere, but now I'm moving back into the city because the city's safe now, and, and, it's, and it's a good place to grow, to have a family grow up in. It's a good place for schools, a good place for businesses. If you're a mm-hmm. business person, you can come here to Harrisburg. Because now it's a great place to be. And the word can get out that Harrisburg is a great place because you can come here with your family now because it's safe. Once you, you know, yeah. thing, and, and it's a great place. You know, they they building up all the parts of the city, not just one part. Because once people start moving in, they say, "Well, we have to build up the whole thing. We have to make it so that there's room for everybody." Right, and right. Then so once those things there. Yeah. So security is your is your first uh, your first thing. So you're basically saying if uh, you know if the city was more secure, we would get these uh, folks you know that are working outside to to, to come in and buy homes in, in in Harrisburg because they think it's a safer city, um, and it is it will be a safer city. Uh, but you know what? Um, and I'll let you get to your second part in here in just a second. Okay. Um, what I mean, how do we do that though? I mean, it, it's so out of control right now. 
You know, it would take an act okay. of God right. to, to, to do that, you know? Right, right. There's three things there's three things I do know. I mean, I was, I was one of uh, the citizens would like to. One, one, we need to have a better communication between the police officers and the community. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the main, as Kim Seaman said, the main theme is communication. There is no communication between them. There's only, like, seemingly animosity between them. When all you do is you sit down, we need to talk to them. If we can have a, a panel where there's half citizens, half you know, police department, and you sit and talk. You need to find out what's going on with the community. So if they have an issue, they will have an issue saying, you know what, they saw drugs over here or this happened over here. They will mind speaking to the police and say, these things are happening, and then you can, we'll, we'll mind telling you this because we don't have fear of retribution because we know you're going to take care of the issue. Second, we need to have the police officers. I know they have it now where it's not. They don't do it, but the police officers need to live in the community. It would be nice if they did live and live amongst the community because if they're in the community, they have an interest in the community as well. So they're going, they're going to help to try to keep it safe 24 hours a day. And if they on or off, they're going to try to keep it safe as well. And the third thing I've said that, you know, I, a lot of people thought it was, you know, a little rough what I said. The third thing that says, if it were to get, if, if it keeps sliding now and just keep getting out of control, keep getting out of control, I don't see no, I, I don't. I'm speaking, I'm speaking only as a soldier right now. I don't see an issue with having, if you get the National Guard to come in and help to control it until we get the police force up, or they'll get hire more you know, citizens to get in on the police force and get them up to up to speed. We're having enough force to go in and then go back in, remove them out, and have them come in. But it needs to be handled if it gets too so far you, out of control. So, Chief Carter, do you good for Harrisburg or not good for Harrisburg? Well, I haven't. Well, I mean, I've asked that before. I haven't seen um, anything, you know, that from okay, from a citizen point of view. I'm not talking right. about as a man. From a citizen point of view, I think there should be more he should be doing. I should think there okay. should more should be doing to engage the, the, the citizens of the neighborhoods. No, I, I think there should be more he should be doing. He should be putting everybody out in the street, even himself out in the street. If one person can tell you, if I can say to you, I say to the police officer, I say to the chief Carter. I don't duck when I hear bullets anymore. I just figure out how far away it is, and then I keep pressing on with my business through the day. Then he should have something wrong with that. And that's how the citizens think. Wow. They don't, they don't, run, in, they don't, run, in, they don't run in fear anymore. That means there's something wrong. They didn't get so institutionalized of, of gunshots, and, and, and they walk by and see you know, these, these makeshift memorials. That, it doesn't bother them anymore that, that happens. They say, well, that's Harrisburg. And he should be mm. out in the street too, as well. He should be out in the street saying, you know, and if he needs to press the mayor or the governor, say, I need more help. If you need whatever he's, whatever tools he may need, I think that, you know, whatever tools he may need, if he needs more on the end of computer, computerized, like getting the system up so that if somebody make a phone call, it can go faster to a system, to a data system, and it can get faster out to the police officers in a, in, a, in a vehicle. Whatever that may be, if he needs that. Whatever he needs at his disposal is what I think the administration should be pushing on to give to him so that he can go out and say, I can do everything now. I can take care of the city the way it's supposed to be. So, so the second part of your question, I mean, interrupt you before you got to the second part yeah. of your question. Uh, go ahead and uh, tell us the second part of your, part of your answer. Sorry. Well, how to get to get the, get the crime. No, how does uh, you said it was two part? How to, how well? What what does Harrisburg need in order to get back on its feet? You said one secure the city, and then what was your uh, other point? Yeah, well, so once it's okay, once the security is, is secure, then we can then we can go on and and then 
get every, get like get individuals to stay into the city. We need to do a city as far as like with the with the buildings, the the the, the blight. We need to get so that we can take care of the blight. We get the buildings in and and go through and say have the somebody the mayor have the assistant somebody call on these people with these abandoned buildings, find out who owns them, and then see if we can work out if we can work out something where either they either they they donate it to the city or they they give them you know give them time to fix it up. Because I know they have a ten year right now a ten year abatement. And I think that's a little bit too long. I was willing to do I think three years is long enough to fix up a building. I mean to, to I mean, make it to a situation where somebody can live in it and move on from there. Right, right, right. Now, yeah, 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 you're you're absolutely right on that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean those things like that, and 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 then the second thing is go into the budget, go into the, the, the city budget and fight and go through and cut out what exactly not needed. Because mm-hmm. as I spoke to him before about something that happened that I know that the citizens didn't want. We had we had we got these new black trash. I don't know if you've seen them. They're, they're big. Black trash cans. They're about I don't know, almost five feet tall or somewhere. Yeah. Big, well, big tall trash cans, and and they cost the city anywhere upwards of a million dollars. And I think that wow. was that was a total waste. A total waste. When, as far as I've known, for the last twenty years, everybody has had their own trash cans that they put to the curb. There was never an issue with people having issues with you know bringing out their own trash to the curb, but their own trash cans they bought themselves. So to waste money like that. Was was a waste. They could have pre- preserved that and used that toward something else that was, you know, that, that was really needed. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of waste. Yeah, a lot of waste. And I think that was one of the waste that, you know, because it said it's only one trash can. Means that you only could put so much in the trash out on the wind, on on the trash day anyway. And if you're, you're a smaller person or if you're an elderly person, you can't push and wheel that 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 you know big giant trash can around anyway. So it was, <laughs> it's a waste. It, you know, it just they, nope. they didn't think about that process. They just there. We're going to give you things to. When I said before, it's communication. You know, the mayor of the administration said, "How about we have a vote? Talk to the people. So we can we can vote on it next month or whatever. Let's vote on this. Have the county citizens vote on it. Anything they can, you know, vote on. Do you want this? If not, then no. Just you know, yeah. just don't waste money like that. I think it's, you know, right. there's a lot of things you know we, we waste money on. And I heard that too. You know, uh, I heard uh, through the grapevine because I got a, a couple of buddies of mine that are involved in in, uh, in the local politics in Harrisburg, and uh, you know, a lot of their gripes and complaints were, uh, you know, we we could have done a lot better spending this on that or or you know or that on this, and uh, you know, yes. it's uh, cities fail that way. I mean, they they really do. Yeah, and and when like when every when individuals say, well, what's your qualifications? You say. What I explained to you is, I can tell you the qualifications of those who've been up there. I can tell you all their qualifications because they like to say when you know mayor comes on, I've been qualified to this, I have this qualification, that, and then, and then at the end of the story, they say here's all your qualifications, and the city's broke. So I right. get it. So with all your qualifications, the city's broke. With all your qualifications, the city's crime is, is, is out the roof. With all your quali- all these qualifications that you have, and you haven't fixed the city, you haven't turned it around. So when somebody says, what's your qualification? How about somebody with life experience, just for once? We tried this, we tried this 35, 35, 40 years, this, this program of letting those who had so-called qualifications, let somebody who have life experience go at it. You know, and in my opinion, the only qualification you need to be able to run for any office is citizenship. So There you go. You know, if they ask me what my qualifications are, I'm going to be like, I'm a citizen. That's all the qualifications you need to have That's this it. job. 100%. I agree. 100%. I agree. That is, that is my theme. That's always been my theme. 
There's always my statement. As long as you are an American citizen, that's it. That's it. You're an American citizen, that's it. We take care of ourselves. We will take care of each other. So, uh, wow, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, we could go on another hour just talking about that. <laughs> we definitely have to have you back on the show uh, after today. I'll have to get in touch with Anthony. So let's get to the next question here and get on down the, the road here. Now, um, I had put a rant out. I have a, I have a, I have a podcast. It's called Sarge Says. It usually lasts. It's usually a rant I have. Something happens that day, and I go on a rant for about two to five minutes. Um, I, I did a Sarge Says uh, podcast one day and it was talking about uh, the mayor not showing up to greet the president when he came to Harrisburg but instead he was out with the protesters protesting the president coming in now this right. is a guy this is a guy mind you that preaches that he's bipartisan that he's the only mayoral candidate that was ever bipartisan but yet he wasn't he didn't now this is just just my personal opinion now he wasn't out there, you know, and it, to me, it doesn't matter what president, even if, even if, um, you know, I was mayor as a Republican and Obama showed up or another Democrat showed up, I would still be at that airport saying, you know, Mr. Mr. President, welcome to Harrisburg. You know, I'm, I'm mayor Robert Brandt. Nice to meet you. What can we do to make your stay here, you know, more enjoyable? What can we show you about the city? Is there anything we can do for you? So what do you think about that? Do you think he should have been there? He shouldn't have been there, and or, or what? Yeah, this is one of the one of the last before the last debate. This is one of the things I talked to him. About, I said to you know, to the um to citizens about. We are if you want we are leaders. He's a leader, and you want to say he's he, he's bipartisan and he's for everybody. It shouldn't matter who the, who the president is, like you said, if it, was, if it was a Republican or a Democrat, no matter what your stand is. Your 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 duty. Is to take care of the citizens of your town to make their life easier. So when the, when the president, I told him, when the president came, you should have been out protesting. If the citizens want to protest, that's 100% great for them. But you're a leader of everybody, not just one side. Because to me, that shows that you just protest them. You're, you're just you're just favoring one side. You shouldn't do that. As a leader, you 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 represent everybody. You represent everything that is Harrisburg. So when the, when when the president came up, said, Mr. President. We gave you Pennsylvania gave you gave you the election. Pennsylvania helped give it to you. Mm-hmm. The city's in the city's in distress. The infrastructure's falling. You spoke that you was you was going to try to fix the infrastructure. We need your help. Can you come in? Can you help us? Can you can you help out the city that helped you out? Can you help out the state that helped you out? I mean, you're supposed to look out for the citizens. That's what I mean. Right. And he should have been doing instead of you know going around protesting and making you know making jokes and little 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 videos about it. He should have been out there. Stand and say, I'm going to stand strong for my citizens. For the citizens, I'm going to stand here with you. For the citizens, I'm going to ask you for this. For the citizens, because this city needs to be fixed. And you, if I get your assistance, can help it. That's what you should have done. Yeah. And, and whether you'd like to be, believe it or not, or, or whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump or, or the, you know, or whether you're Republican or Democrat, you know, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, the city relies on that federal funding to help the city grow to help the city get fixed. And, you know, to me, you know, you might not want to piss the president of the United States off in in that regards. When you happen to agree with that. Yes. Yes. Because I I look at um, when he talks about New York city and when we talk about New York city, when it comes to the um, sanctuary city, he he talks about, you know, and and they they go back and forth and he says, I'll pull the funding of this. If you don't do that, 
I mean, you can listen to what he says. If you come and do certain things, and these will, you know, these things will come to you. You could have went some look, Mr. President. This is glad to have you here. Pennsylvania loves you. The citizens of here love you. We all love you. We need help. Our infrastructure is in trouble. Can you help out the city? We need you. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been doing it all day long. Whatever it takes yeah. to take care of my, the citizens. Whatever it takes. That's why I said you leave your ego at the door. Right. So that wouldn't be an issue to even do. Wow, that's uh, uh you know, um you uh I'm sure you, I'm sure maybe maybe you did or you didn't, but um uh maybe you got a, you might have gotten a lot of flack for that uh you know, for that statement alone just from being a Democrat, but you're right. You gotta leave your ego at the door. I mean there's no there's no if, ands or buts about it. You know, when you come when it comes to taking care of the city, you know, when it's when it comes to federal funding and when it, you know, there's a lot of variables in that, that it could have went either way or, you know, you, you just, you got to reach across that party line, no matter who you are. Yes. You know, you're absolutely right about that. You got to leave, you got to check your damn ego at the door. There's no other way to look at it. That's true. I mean, the citizens are only ones results. They want to see no more gridlock. Can you give us results? Can you help me in my neighborhood? Can you get this crime? Can you get these houses? Can you get this education? Can you get the jobs? Can you get that here? Then they'll back you. Then the citizens will, will back you. No matter what you do, they'll back you. If you can complete those four or five things for them, and that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you and I agree on that. It's uh, very rare that I hear anybody from um, – you know, from the Democratic side, come forward and say, yeah, we should have done that. That was the right thing to do. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I got uh, I, I got uh, blasted by a lot of folks by saying that, you know, not only did I say that on his Facebook page, you know, I went into the to uh, to all the social media outlets, plus all the news outlets. And I said, why weren't you there? Why were you out at this protest that didn't even make sense in the first place? They didn't even know what they were protesting yeah. about. And you were standing beside them. And here you are trying to pander vote. That's all he was doing, trying to pander votes. Yeah. He knew the election was coming up. That's all he wanted to do was pander for votes. He could care less about bipartisanship. Yep. And that's why that's why I've always on my campaign I've called I said I care about all I care about is my fellow Americans. That's it. I am not red Americans, blue Americans, anything else. Uh-huh. If you're an American, that's who I care about. So if it means going across and doing things to talk to people you think I shouldn't do, I'm going to for you. I'm going to make your life better than it was yesterday. So why did you run on the Democrat form and not run as an independent? Wait, say again? Um, why did you run as a Democrat, not as an independent? I know that's an off-the-wall well, off, uh, uh, off uh, um, question there, but, you know, I just popped into my head. Now I'm curious. Oh, okay. This is the way this is the way it is. With, uh, when I found out when I first started one, if you want to run as a as a party member, a Republican or Democrat, you need like a hundred signatures to get on the ballot. If you want to run as an independent, they make you somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen fifteen hundred. Oh wow! They make it yeah. They make it really difficult for you. And everything I said, everything I've done, every signature I have gotten, I've gotten on my own. I have nobody else. I haven't hired like the. Like the mayor, I didn't hire 50 people to go out and get me 1,700. He had like 1,700 signatures because he, he went and hired people. I didn't. My mm-hmm. signatures, I went by myself and knocked on doors myself and shook their hands and axed them myself, but they put me on the ballot. I did that. So, so you, you know, only needed a hundred, hundred, let me get this straight. You only needed a hundred signatures as a Democrat? Yes. 
You don't need a hundred wow. million ballot. How about Republican? Do you know? How about Republican? Republican. But independent requires fifteen hundred. At least, yes. Wow! Wow! At least twelve. At least twelve. At least twelve hundred. At least twelve hundred. Wow! Yeah, I'd definitely be curious into looking looking into that a lot more. That just doesn't seem fair to me. No, it's a way. It's a way of discouraging those who are independent from getting into it. It's a way to discourage you. They say, "Well, you only need a thousand to get on." Wait a minute, he only need a hundred, but you need a thousand. But wow, I, I understand. Man, yeah, I just didn't. Uh, wow, I didn't know that. That's something definitely that's uh, you know maybe worth looking into. Um, if you need to change it, something needs to be changed to make it be a hundred for everybody. Right. No and matter um, what part you win. The, now, does the, now I don't know if this is true. I don't know if you know or not. Well, did, would the independent have to be uh, running with alongside the Democrats for uh, for votes, or do they just get it automatically if they don't have anybody running against them as an independent? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, would you say yeah? Good. 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 Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, just like we said before, Pap and Fuse is definitely he's going to be uncontested. You know. Well, unless unless somebody happens to. You know, you know, run as a writer. Uh, There's still, still a way to get in on the ballot. There's still a way to get in. Right. Uh, is it's not too late for? Is it too late for the Republican ballot? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I believe. But, I believe so, so, but we can. I can always check on that. I mean, I want to say that just in case there is somebody out here listening, they would like to do it. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not 100 sure. So you just call the election boards, and they will let you know exactly what's too late for what you can do. Yeah, because as running as an independent seems uh fifteen hundred signatures would be uh be a task in itself for sure. Yeah. Like I said, even, right. even even the mayor who paid people only got like seventeen hundred and he paid people. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. So next term, are you thinking about running again? Absolutely. You gonna run on the 100%. same platform or is it gonna be a little bit different? It'll be a little different. A little different. I'm a little stronger. It'll be something a little stronger. I mean, I do like I say. Hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping that security is not an issue four years from now. I am mm-hmm. hoping that security is not an issue because by then the, well, the citizens will be being bottomed out. If, if it gets the crimes and the drugs keep getting more and more increasing, then the, the citizens being bottomed out. Right. 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 Definitely. Um, I see a lot of other folks are joining us in the chat room. For those of you just joining it, we're winding down the show. Um, here uh, we have uh, Anthony Harrow, who ran on the Democratic ticket for the Harrisburg uh, uh, mayor's race. Um, we're asking him questions today for uh, uh, this is our PA, PA Politics Monday. So this is local politics that I'm doing today. It has nothing to do with national. So uh, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for filling up the chat room. But uh, unfortunately, you're there at the end. <laughs> um, so well, it's good. I, I'm glad. So you're you're going to get out there, and, and you know, I see this right now. You're you're out there, and you're getting to be a part of the uh, community, uh, you know, more and more because I see your Facebook posts, I see your social media posts. I you know, I see that you're making like, um, um and let me ask you a question about this. And I offer because yep. I asked Jenny Jenkins the same thing. Why didn't you guys get get uh, get your name, you know, more involved in the press? Did they not, you know, want to entertain that? Were they you know, just not were they reluctant to to you know kind of put their pitch behind any one any one candidate well, or didn't you even try? Oh, I'll say I'll say this: the uh, 
television press was different than the written press. The written press had a uh, had a slant toward a favorite. Right. The, the, you know, like the, the newspapers, they sort of had a slant toward who they uh, was endorsing and who they was behind. Because the issue we the issue a lot of us had was three weeks three weeks ago before the uh, before the actual uh, primary, the mayor blocked out. Uh, Pin live from uh, ever asking questions. He said, "I'm not going to answer questions. I'm just going to block you out." He, mm-hmm. he, he did a media block out on them. And then right. three weeks later, three weeks later, right before the uh, actual primary, they endorsed them. And, I, and we were like, "Wait!" I was, I was confused. Wait a minute. You, he just did a media block out on you three weeks ago, and then you take and turn on and endorse him. How, how, I don't. So we. Figure from that point. I figured from that point on that uh, we're going to get wow. a fair shake on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right on that. As a matter of fact, when you bring that up, saying that the, about the media blackout, yeah, I remember that. And, and it was not. It wasn't even a, a day or two later that uh, you know Penn Live came out with that endor- that endorsement for for Pappenhuis. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was I, totally. I was uh, I said, I'm confused. Yep, I was the same exact way. And you know what? Uh, uh, um. You know, and that just brings me back to my original point what we were talking about before about how, you know, how the press, um, how they keep talking about how they're so unbiased, uh, but they're truly not. No, they're not. They, 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 are, they are biased. At least Penn at least Law proved itself to be biased, big time. And they, they slanted everything toward his favor. Um, and with that being the only paper that everybody reads here, they believe what the, he's saying and they believe what the newspaper's saying. Yeah, yeah, and then um, I noticed um, uh, Pap Infuse was putting out um, a lot of uh, TV advertisements and newspaper advertisements left and right, and um, you know I heard through the grapevine that uh, uh, Penn Live didn't even charge him for uh, for that. Uh, um, I call it his propaganda post. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I say yeah, because I saw a few of his commercials. I'm like you know, like I said, I, I'm two hundred fifty dollars. He had he had at least fifty sixty thousand. I had two hundred fifty. Hmm. Wow. So you know, and let me ask you a question. Are, yeah. Are, are sure. Are some of some of those uh, um, groups that he was affiliated with? Um, were they? Uh, were there any special interest groups or lobby lobbying groups that uh, donated to his campaign? That you know of? Because yeah, I know it's, it's, yeah, supposed it was, yeah, but, no, yeah, it's supposed to be transparent. No, it's supposed to be transparent. A lot of them, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, a lot of them was like uh, out of town investors, or someone was uh, big time the, the, the campaign donor. Some was like out of town investors, and some were certain packs that certain buildings in the cities have been getting picked up and opened up, and new streets been built around them, and things things like that have been going on that the mm-hmm. citizens have noticed that those who contribute to the mayor's campaign, he's been. Um, Taking care of him on the other side. You know, wow. You're getting certain certain uh, liberties. Well, it just goes to show you that the uh, you know the conglomerates when they get put into office, uh, you know they tend to stay in office and then don't do anything while they're in there, but pray that uh, but say that they do all these great wonderful things and nothing really truly gets done. Yes. So Anthony, yeah, you got any... said, Go ahead. Go ahead. I said that's the disconnect. I said that he has with the, with the uh, average citizen. He does have that disconnect because he doesn't he doesn't bother with the average citizen. Mm-hmm. 
So we're down to our last questions, Anthony. And uh, again, I appreciate you hanging uh, with me over the over the uh, hour time frame that we originally had uh, um, um, I had discussed with you. Uh, you know, for ladies and oh, gentlemen absolutely. that are listening. Ladies and gentlemen, that you're listening out there, this is a two-hour show, but I usually tell my guests uh, the questions don't last for more than an hour. But, I mean, I had such great conversation with Anthony tonight that, uh, you know, we're already at the hour and a half mark, and that's great. I, I mean, I don't mind it, and I, and I'm, I um, appreciate, uh, you know, Anthony hanging with us for this long. So, Anthony, you have anything further that you would like to say to uh, uh, the listening audience out there? Because a lot of people from Harrisburg do listen to this show, believe it or not. Yes, sir. Um I'll say this. My fellow citizens, 15,000 of you did not come out and vote during the primary. Maybe you feel as though nothing will change or nothing who I vote for, or maybe you feel they're all corrupt. Maybe you believe that they're moving away, so who cares? No one's listening to you talking about the things you think is important. But I'm here to tell you, I am my own man. I am a citizen who believes in responsibility that makes change. Let this be said, you will never be forgotten. It doesn't matter if you're LGBT, veteran, homeless, young, elderly, businessman or businesswoman. You matter to me. All American, all American lives matter to me, and you matter to me. If you don't come out, I will come to you and sit and chat and talk to you. Your issues are my issues, and that's what I would do for you. Wow. Again, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Anthony. And uh, again, thank you for your service to this great country. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, thanks for hanging with me for an hour and a half. Uh, I really appreciate you coming. Roger, sir. Thank you for your service as well, sir. I appreciate that. And you know what, Anthony, I'm going to get in touch with you again, because I tell you what, um, there's a lot of local issues that you and I could sit here and talk about and actually have a, a really great conversation about as well. So, uh, you know, I would love to have you back on the show if you're, if you're, uh, you know, willing to come back here in the near future. Yes, sir. 100%. Good, good. So uh, again, thanks. Uh, thanks, uh, Anthony, for coming on. Uh, Anthony is a great uh uh, a great man. He, he seems like he really cares a lot about Harrisburg and he cares a lot about uh, the citizens of Harrisburg. Uh, we definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk with the war room. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I run solo on Mondays. J five Oh um, is not with me on Mondays. Uh, it, he probably will be from, from here and there, but um, this is a, this is a local show that I'm running for just PA politics only. So um uh, thanks again for all of those listening in and I could see all my stats. There's a ton of folks from the central Pennsylvania area that's listening in tonight. Uh, I want to thank you. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give a little bit of closing thoughts here on, uh, Harrisburg, my city, Harrisburg and, and the current mayor, you know, he's running uncontested right now. There will be nobody running against him. Uh, you know, he has promised that he was going to do, uh, that he was going to take away or at least decrease the crime in Harrisburg. He promised to rebuild the blighted areas in Harrisburg or at least try to bring, uh, you know, folks in that, that want to uh, do something about that. He tried to, he tried, or he, at least he said he wanted to, you know, decrease the drug problem, the homelessness. He said that he was going to bring veterans to the forefront. You know, he's promised all this stuff. He'd done a lot, or he said that, um, uh, you know, he said that he was going to do these great and wonderful things for Harrisburg. 
But from somebody that lives in this community, from somebody that actually goes downtown to Harrisburg all the time and enjoys the city, whether it's the nightlife, whether it's the markets, uh, whether it's the the cafes um, or what have you, I think he could have done more. As a matter of fact, he could have done a lot more. And I don't see, just like Anthony was saying earlier, I think he's at 110% correct in saying, you know what, we should be able to secure our own city. When we're letting the drug lords run rampant in our own town, when we're letting ordinary citizens fear for their lives, or as Anthony was saying, he's absolutely 110% correct on this, running down the streets and when they hear a gunfire, when they hear, a, hear somebody getting shot, it's just business as usual for them. When that happens in your own neighborhood, ladies and gentlemen, that is the wrong answer. That is the wrong steps taking forward, uh, moving forward for your city and for your constituents. And not only that, speaking of constituents, you know, there are Republicans, there are independents, and not only Democrats in Harrisburg. Who's representing them? Not Papinfuse. And you know what? Um, I really want to talk offline with uh, with you, Anthony, um, or with Anthony. Uh, he's still on the line here. He's listening in still. I want to talk with him offline about how I can help get in more involved with the, the veteran situation here. And I think, you know, uh, again, for me being on the Republican side and Anthony being on the Democrat side, us, you know, both people able to come together for a certain cause and for, uh, you know, to, to fix something that's wrong in their city, I think that needs to happen more often. I think the Democrats need to come across the aisle and see that uh, not only do they have independents, they have Republicans in their city that need to be represented. And I don't think Mayor Papenfuse is that person because he's quite evident in that when President Trump came to visit um, Harrisburg. So there are no contenders for him. So he will win the mayoral challenge by default um, come uh, um I think it's November um, that they will vote for him. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but whenever, whenever that is, he will be non-contested. He'll uh, definitely get to be the next president of Harrisburg. And I think the, the next, uh, the next uh, term that he's in office, it's only going to get worse. That's just my personal opinion. Again, um, salutes to Anthony for joining us. Uh, Appreciate it again. And don't forget, we have an Open Topic Saturdays coming up at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Blog Talk Radio. Again, thank you all for joining us tonight. God bless you. God bless our troops. And God bless America. We'll rock. Fly.